Romans chapter 1 and verse number 13. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was led hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready. Say that with me. I am ready. Say it. I am ready. Say it again. I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, we're talking about this, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. That's what he's talking about, them lies. Everybody's looking for the righteousness of God. Where can we find it revealed? Because these, these lies that are being told don't explain the righteousness of God. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. This is a tent on normal occasions. Tonight, it's the place where the church of God is. So let the church say amen. amen. Our Father, we pray you have thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Nobody worked all day long. These fellows did not come tonight. This coach did not bring this team. These, these husbands did not get up early in the morning and do all they do to come sit under this tent. These young people are not giving up their Friday night to listen to some man pull some fancy sermon out of a briefcase to tickle their ears. In these last days, we don't need to be entertained. This is not a town hall meeting. This yeah. is not a pep rally. This is not a rock concert, a rap concert. In these last days, we need a word from the Lord. Yeah. I pray God you'd help me. I pray God that you bind the forces of Satan, put a hedge of protection around this place. May he in no way hinder the work of the Holy Ghost of God. On this hill tonight, might God do what he brought us here to do. Yeah. For those tuning in, might they be here with us as if they were under the tent with us. I pray God that everything needing to be done in our hearts would be done tonight. For those who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, might tonight be the night for every single person unsure of where he's going when he dies to accept Jesus Christ as Savior before it is eternally too late. Now tonight, watch over my wife and my family while I'm gone. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. It's in the book of Acts in your Bible. Don't look there. The book of Acts, right before Romans, that we see the name Saul surface. Stephen. Stephen's one of the deacons of the early church. He was a fiery preacher, the Bible says. He was full of faith and wonders. God used him to do miracles. But he was set up and falsely accused. How many of you find out that when people don't like you, they'll set you up and lie on you? Can I get a witness? Stephen was interrogated and questioned by the religious council on that day about his stand. Where do you stand when it comes to Jesus Christ, Stephen? Well, Stephen took that question as an invitation to preach. So he started preaching a message. Don't ask a Baptist preacher what he thinks about Jesus. You're going to get a long sermon, all right? He responded by preaching to them the truth, and they didn't like the truth. How many of you know sometimes people don't like the truth? So in response to the truth that he preached, the Bible says they were cut to their hearts and they gnashed on him with their teeth. Acts tells us they ran up on him, they took stones, they stoned him to death. The verse 54 of Acts 7 says that, that Saul, later on in that text, after that verse says Saul stood guard over their clothes while they stoned him. So while they killed Saul, Saul watched their clothes. It's almost like the Holy Spirit is pointing out a name in the Bible saying there is his name his name is Saul you better mark it in your mind because you're going to hear that name again Acts chapter 8 same Saul in full agreement to Stephen's death the Bible says he's making havoc 
of the church. That literally means like a wild beast. He is going into homes. He's dragging people that say they're Christians out of their homes, taking them back to Jerusalem, ultimately to be executed for being Christians. At this time, Judaism, which is religious, it's not the truth. It's a lie. It says you can work your way to heaven. Judaism was advancing. But while Judaism was advancing, Christianity was advancing. Christianity is not a lie. Christianity is the truth. It says you can't go to heaven by doing good works. You got to go to heaven through Jesus Christ. So Judaism is watching Christianity advance. And Judaism is feeling threatened by Christianity. So Saul says if Christianity is advancing, I got to keep up with it. So he goes to the high priest and says, I need letters. I need authorization to go to Damascus, the capital city of Syria, and I need to get them people there, bring them back to Jerusalem if they say they're Christians, lock them up, and ultimately kill them, because we can't afford for the name of Jesus to advance more than the name of religion does. So he's got these letters in his hand. He's got intellect in his mind. He's got passion in his heart, and he's marching on the road to Damascus trying to shut the name of Jesus down and everybody that identifies with it but on the road to Damascus with letters in his hand with intellect in his mind and with passion in his heart he ran into something he didn't expect he, he, he got his head busted with something he wasn't looking for. He, he had a collision with something that wasn't on his radar. He thought he had his life planned out. He was in his early 30s. He was the most promising protege in religion and the next leader of religion that was anti-Jesus and anti-church. I'm sure he had his whole life mapped out in front of him and everything planned. Trained at the feet of Gamaliel. He spoke many languages. He was sharp. He was a Pharisee. He was who's who. He was all that in a bag of chips and he knew he had it going on. But on that day he ran into something he didn't plan on. He ran into something called the gospel. Now some of you hear that term and you think the gospel is a certain kind of music. The gospel is the whole Bible. The gospel is what people call the truth. No, 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 no. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel message. So ran into truth. Watch this now. The truth that Jesus did die. The truth that Jesus was buried. The truth that Jesus did get up out the grave. Saul ran into that message. Watch this now. And that message changed his whole life. And for the rest of his life, he would travel around everywhere and share not a new message, not an improved message, not a borrowed message that somebody gave him that wasn't the same. He would share that same message that changed his life in every place he went. He went to Antioch, to Seleucia, to Salamis, to Paphos, to Perga, to Antioch of Pisidia, to Iconium, to Lystra, to Derby, to Italia, to Jerusalem, to Tarsus, to Troas, to Neapolis, to Philippi, to Amphipolis, to Apollonia, to Thessalonica, to Berea, to Athens, to Corinth, to Ephesus, to Caesarea, and every place, every conversation he shared the gospel, every synagogue he shared the gospel, every person he met, he shared the gospel. If he met somebody on the street, he shared the gospel. If he met a religious leader, he shared the gospel. If he studied for a king, he shared the gospel. He just believed this thing everybody needs to hear. Everywhere I go, I'm going to share the gospel. If it changed me, it'll change them. And so he shared it everywhere he went. However, he had yet to be able to share it in Rome. He'd been all over the place, not to Rome. You want to go who's who? Rome was it. They said all, all roads led to Rome. Rome was the strongest empire in the world. I mean, Rome was full of proud, arrogant, dignified, signifying people. Rome knew who they were and everybody else that came there knew it too. 
great philosophies and great philosophers stemmed from Rome. When you entered the city of Rome, when you entered the Rome empire of Rome, you were ooh and, and on. You were smitten with intimidation and impressiveness because such power and such aura of dignity just oozed out of Rome. And Rome had very little respect for what was coming for Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem was a little poor little place. And Jerusalem was a city that talked about some carpenter that died on a cross. And some, some, some poor Jewish man that was supposed to be the Messiah. So, so Rome looked down on Jerusalem because Jerusalem wasn't big like Rome. So, so when you went to Rome, you didn't mess with Rome. You didn't go to Rome to teach Rome. You went to Rome to learn. You didn't go to Rome to tell Rome what to do. You went to Rome so Rome could tell you what to do. You didn't go to Rome to impress Rome. You went to Rome to get impressed because everybody who was somebody was in Rome. And Paul said, I know everybody's impressed with Rome and I know everybody's intimidated by Rome and I know everybody's scared when they get to Rome. But guess what? I got something Rome doesn't have. I got something Rome never heard. I got something Rome can't produce. I got something the manufacturing plants Rome cannot come up with. I've got something all the power of Rome cannot see stamp out. I've got something that the despots and the armies of Rome can, cannot push away. I got something that Rome doesn't have and that Rome needs. So most people are scared. Most people are embarrassed. Most people will walk into Rome with their head down. They'll tiptoe. They'll lollygag. They won't say much. They'll say, I don't want to mess with Rome because Rome could knock me out. But Paul said, I'm trying to get to Rome because I want to give Rome what God gave me. And he said, when I get to Rome, I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm not going to paddocate through the platoon. I'm not going to lollygag through the lilies. I'm not going to tiptoe through the tulips. There'll be no shame in my game. I'll not back up. I'll not put up. I'll not give up. I'll not show up. I'll not shut up. It's not because I'm all that. It's not because I'm great. It's not because I'm smart. It's because what I've got, Rome needs. And I am not ashamed of the gospel. And I've come to you on a Friday night under a tent to tell you that too many of us in America with all the technology and all the politics and all the power, I pastor a church three miles south of the Pentagon. Everybody who is somebody is up in Washington, D.C. trying to figure out what the rest of the world should be doing. They can't even figure out what they're doing. Listen to me now. A couple weeks ago, one of our church members took me into the White House and a tour of the West Wing. And I got the chance to walk right up to the Oval Office and look inside and see right there in the Oval office where the president sits and the joint chiefs of staffs uh, uh, sitting and I, and, I, and I got to see his desk and, 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 and then and right right before I, I, I was about to go inside of his office I saw there was a rope there that said do not cross the line and then I looked in the office and I thought here I am at the Oval Office the president didn't know I was coming why is he not here to see me and I thought to myself I'm here the most powerful man in the world sits in this office this office houses the most powerful people all in the world yet he He's not here and I can't enter the office, but I'm here to tell you earlier this morning, I went to the most powerful place where any man's been. I went to the presence of Almighty God. There was no rope. There was no wall. There was no do not enter. And guess what? He knew I was coming and he was still there anyway. I'm glad that I know. So Paul said, I'm not going to get nervous about who's who and all that they put out with the phone system and AI and all of this and they can spy on us. Let me tell you something. The most intellectual people in all of the world can't shake a stick 
on what I'm holding in my hand tonight. So I've come tonight to tell men, women, boys, let's quit going out this world and be embarrassed and shy and scared about bringing up Jesus and telling them about God and, and singing our songs. about. They blast their music. They brag on their sin. They flaunt their immorality. And we're scared to talk about I've come to tell you on a Friday night down here in Asheville, North Carolina, say what you want to say. But I am not ashamed of the gospel. Now tonight, very quickly, I want to tell you why I'm not ashamed, why Paul was not ashamed. I believe, first of all, because of the origin of the gospel. Look at verse number one of Romans 1. Paul said it's the gospel of God. Say it with me, the gospel of God. He said, I didn't get this out of Cracker Jack box. Huh? I didn't order this off of Amazon. I didn't buy this at Walmart. Huh? This was not produced in some, some factory in, in the Middle East. Listen to me now. I got this thing from God. I tell you what, I'm not ashamed of it. I know where it came from. I said, I tell you what, I'm not ashamed of it. I know where it came from. It, it, it's a divine gospel. It came from God. It's a declared gospel. Verse number two, which he promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scripture. This gospel didn't just show up last week. This is not a tried experiment. No, 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 no. This gospel has been around a long time. It's divine. It's from God. It's declared. It's been working for a long time. Watch this now. It's delightful. It means good news. Somebody said, good news is Geico. Yeah, you pay for Geico. It is not good news. All right, I'm, I'm tell you what good news. Good news is that a man died, that a man was buried, and that a man rose again. I said good news is that a man died, that he was buried, that he, I need somebody else to say amen. Good news is that a man died, that a man was buried, and that he rose again. I tell you, that's good news. I'm not ashamed because of the origin. Number two, he said, I'm not ashamed because of my obligation. Hmm. Verse number one of Romans one, Paul said, I'm a servant. You know what that word meant? Slave. The term slave was not foreign to the Romans. Historians tell us at that time there were probably 60 million slaves in Romans in the Roman Empire and each of them was considered personal property. Paul said, I'll tell you what, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. <laughs> I know who I belong to. Wait a minute now. The next time you go in the store and you're embarrassed to talk about Jesus, just remember who your master is. Just remember who your boss is. Just remember who your coach is. Paul said, I'll tell you what, I'm, ashamed. I'm, not, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm a servant of the gospel. Verse number one, I'm separated unto the gospel. He said, I'm, I'm separated. Watch this now. God set me aside. God set me aside. Coach, you got the team tonight. How many players on the team, coach? 90. Are there some people that aren't on the team that tried to get on the team? They didn't make it. You can't put everybody on the team even though everybody wants to play on the team. Uh, we just don't live in a world like that. I know, I know, I know the world has gotten where everybody play get a trophy. No, no, I tell our, our parents at Crossroads Baptist Church, if your son is sorry, he should not get a trophy. <laughs> Doing that creates two problems. Number one, it makes him think he's good when he's not. And it makes the good people feel less than they should be right. for being good. Right. Yeah. So, so we're living in a society where just because you try out don't mean you make the team. Just because you want to play don't mean you, want, you will play. Just because you pick up the ball and throw it don't mean you're going to be the starting quarterback. Watch this now. You've got to be able to throw it to the right team, all right? You've got to be able to know the plays. You've got to be able to throw it down the field. Listen to me. You say he caught the ball. Yeah, but he's not on our team, all right? See, 
that, 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 that's just not a good thing. I'm just simply saying not everybody can make every team. But Paul said, when I got saved, God had a spot for me on the team. He separated me. He designated me. He assigned me. He, he positioned me. I'm on the team. There's a play for me. There's a job for me. There's a function for me. There's a spot for me. There's a jersey for me. There's a locker for me. What team is it better to be on than on Jesus' team? He said, I'm a servant. I'm separated. I'm sent. The apostle means sent when I've been sent. I'm sent. I'm sent. I'm not ashamed because I'm a servant. I'm not ashamed because I'm separated. I'm not ashamed because I'm sent. I'm not ashamed because I'm, I'm serious. Amen. Verse number 14, I am debtor. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you why I want to get to Rome. I'm a debtor. <laughs> I'll tell you what debtor means. That means it's serious. See, when you owe somebody, it's serious. I said, when you owe somebody, it's serious. Okay. Okay, you don't have to say amen. Owe the IRS. See what I'm talking about. Don't meet, don't meet with the HR department at your job and find out why your paycheck was so small. Talk to the IRS. They talk to your job. You didn't pay them, so they take it out your paycheck. Oh, I didn't think it was that serious. Look at your check. Oh, yeah, it's serious. <laughs> Owing people is serious. Paul said, I tell you, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because I owe people. Now, watch this now. You can become a debtor two ways. I can become a debtor to Pastor Keith by him loaning me money and I not pay him back. That means I owe you. Till I pay you back what you loan me, I owe you. There's another way I can become a debtor to Pastor Keith. I can see Pastor Winston at the mall in Asheville and he says, hey, you going to the tent meeting tonight? I say, yeah. He, Pastor Winston said, well, I'm not going to be able to make it. But I got $50 I want you to give to Pastor Keith. When you get to the tent tonight, would you hand him this $50 from me and tell him I love him? Sure, Pastor Winston, I sure will. I get to the tent tonight. Pastor Keith said, good to see you. I said, good to see you too. How are things going? Great. How's your week been? Great. How's everything going? Great. Hey, man, anything we need to talk about? No, man. No, man. Like your haircut? Look, everything going great? No, no problem at all. I walk away and act like nothing's going on. Now, let me tell you something. I'm a debtor to Pastor Keith. I'm not a debtor to him because he loaned me nothing. No, 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 no. He didn't loan me anything. I'm a debtor to him because Pastor Winston gave me something that's supposed to be given to Pastor Keith. And until what I get, what he gave me to give to him gets to him, I'm a debtor. Somebody help me preach now. Now, watch this now. I want to tell you why. When this preacher man says a football team coming on a Friday night under the tent, well, I don't know who else, but the football team's coming. I want to tell you why it was serious for me to get on I-40, leave Washington, D.C., and be right here at this property on a Friday night because I'm a debtor to that football. You say, what do you mean? How can you be a debtor to boys you've never met before? I'll tell you why. When I got saved, God gave me something to give to them. And until what he gave me to give to them, I properly receive it and give it. I am a debtor. You may not understand this, fellas, but I have to preach to you tonight because I signed on to a contract with God when he gave me the gospel. I couldn't just tuck it in my pants, hide it in a vault, or tuck it under a rock. He gave it to me to give it to you. And if I didn't come down here and give it to you, I was a debtor and being a debtor is a serious thing. Now watch this now. You're a debtor to your co-workers. You're a debtor to your neighbors. You're a debtor to that girl that rings up your groceries. You're a debtor to your waitress. You're a debtor to the dentist. Dentists need to get saved. Much pain they put people through. I'm not ashamed because of the origin. I'm not ashamed because of the obligation. Number three, I'm not ashamed because of the operation. Now what, what do you mean, Paul, you're not ashamed of the gospel? I'm not ashamed of this thing because it works. But I'll tell you what, I'd have a hard time walking door to door and selling something that don't work. And people do it all the time. 
I mean, they lie and tell you, you just buy this, it'll change your life. It sure will. Buying something that doesn't work changes my life. I'll tell you what, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. This thing works. Now watch this now. I'm not ashamed. Look at the verse. Look at the verse. Verse number 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Watch this now. Everybody say, of Christ. Can I tell you how the gospel works? It works through a person. I said it works through a person. I'm glad. Listen, I tell you what, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It works through a person. Let me tell you something about this person, Jesus. He's authentic. What do you mean? He's everything he said he was. I said he's everything he said he was. I tell you about Jesus, his authenticity. I tell you about Jesus, his accomplishment. He did die. He was buried. He rose again. Muhammad didn't die, get buried, rose again. Confucius didn't die, get buried, rose again. Joseph Smith didn't die, get buried, rose again. The Pope doesn't die, get buried, rose again. Mary didn't die, get buried, rose again. What's Your grandma didn't die, get buried, rose again. But I'm going to tell you about that man named Jesus. He died, was buried, and rose again. So, so the gospel operates through a person. It operates through a power. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power. Everybody say the power. Here it is in the Greek. The word power means dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. It means force, miraculous power, ability, abundance, might, strength. I tell you, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's got the power. I said, it's got the power. Somebody ought to write, write a song about I got the power. But anyway, it's got the power. Aren't you glad the gospel's got the power? I said, aren't you glad the gospel's got the power? Hey, listen to me. Somebody tell me how you can take a man that was beaten, bruised, belittled, and brutalized, slapped upside the head, and ripped beard out, and, and nails in his hands, and nails in his feet, put up between a thief on the right and a thief on the left, and slapped down off of that cross, and put it a borrowed tomb with a big stone in front of it, and Roman soldiers, and somehow three days later, he got up out the grave. I'm telling you, that's dynamite power. It operates through a person, operates through a power. It operates towards a product. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God, what? Unto what? Salvation. Watch this. (laughs) Please don't miss this. People go to church and get religion. Huh? People go to the pharmacy and get the drugs. Huh? People go to Taco Bell and get heartburn. I can drive past Taco Bell and get heartburn. But when people go to the gospel, they get saved. <laughs> I, I said they get saved. They don't get saved because they get baptized. They don't get saved because they join a church. They don't get saved because some preacher slap them upside the head. They don't get saved because they get anointed with oil. They don't get saved because they're born in a good family. They get saved because they come to the gospel. Paul said, that's why I'm not ashamed of it. People get saved. Ladies and gentlemen, why are we embarrassed about something that saves people's lives? I'm not ashamed because of the origin. I'm not ashamed because of the obligation. I'm not ashamed because of the operation number four, and I'm finished. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because of its outreach. Right in the verse. Right in the verse. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of who? Christ. For it is the what? Power of God. Unto what? Salvation. Next two words. To what? To who? No, 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 no. Y'all got to talk louder than that. To who? To who? To who? Don't matter if they're black. To who? White. To who? Red. To who? All of the above? To everyone. Listen, can you find me something in the world that works on everyone? I'll tell you what I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's inclusive. 
I said it's inclusive regardless of color, regardless of creed, regardless of culture, regardless of circumstance. The gospel work on, work on you. Listen to me. There's some places you can't get in if you got a bad background. There's some places you can't get in if you live in the wrong zip code. There's some places you can't get in if you're not the right color. There's some places you can't get in if you don't have the right last name. There's some places you can't get in if you don't have the right blood type. There's some places you can't get in if you don't make a certain amount of money. There's some places you can't get in when they get your fingerprint. There's some places you can't get in if you don't look a certain way. But I'm telling you something about that gospel. It don't care who you are, where you're from, what you've done. It is the power of God and the salvation to everyone. It's inclusive. Watch this now. But it's indisputable. Watch this now. It'll work on everybody. No, no, no. I got to make sure you understand me. It'll work on everybody. I said it'll work on everybody. So, 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 so don't go look at somebody that's got some turban on their head and think, well, they're from a different country, a different religion. Don't worry, the gospel work on them. I, I, I go, people share the gospel, say, I'm Muslim. I say, oh, that's fine. He'll save you. <laughs> what, what, what does that have to do with the gospel? Right. Well, well I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a Catholic. Good. Good. About time a Catholic gets saved. <laughs> I said it'll work on everyone. I said it'll work on anybody. Yes, sir. It'll work on anybody. Amen. I said the gospel will work on anybody, yes, but it'll work on nobody who doesn't believe. Right. Right. Great verse in Hebrews chapter four. I'm running out of time, I, 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 but I'm just going to tell you the verse. Don't turn there. If you turn to Hebrews four, you're going to take up my time. So let me just tell you what it says. For unto us was the word of God preached as well as unto them. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Pastor, you talk fast. That's a lot of words. I don't know what you said. Hang on a little while. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 2, there are two groups. Everybody say two groups. Two groups. One message. One message. Two groups. One message. Two groups. One message. Now watch this now. i tell you what the message is in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 2. It's the gospel. All right? All right. First group is us. Second group is them. Everybody hear me now? First group. Two groups, one message. Two groups, one message. Us. Now, now look what the verse said. Both groups heard the same message. So watch this now. Here was the gospel preached. The gospel was preached to us, and the gospel was preached to. Gospel was preached to. Gospel was preached to. Because there were one message. One message was the gospel. It was preached to. Preached to them. Got help. Didn't. That's what the verse says. That's Hebrews 4 2. Watch this now. I said, us got help. Now how can hear the gospel and hear the gospel get help and not? I'll tell you why. Us got the gospel. Got the gospel. Got help. Didn't. Believed. Didn't. Believed. Didn't. Two people can hear the same message, but if one believes and one doesn't, it'll help the one that believes and won't help the one that doesn't. The gospel will save every person under this tent who believes. The gospel will save nobody under this tent who won't believe. I don't believe by God will send people to hell. I don't believe by God will let them go to heaven and they'll turn it down. Come on, I don't believe why a, night, why a loving God would let people go to hell. I don't, go, I don't believe why smart people would turn down his provision of salvation. You don't want to have a I don't believe contest with me. 
It's inclusive. It's indisputable. Lastly, it's informative. For therein, verse number 17, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. What do you mean? Righteousness of God. The world's trying to figure out the righteousness of God. Here's here's the million dollar question. Listen, fellas. Listen, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the million dollar question. The world's trying to figure out. How can sinners get to a holy God? That's what what religion is. It's trying to get sinful man back to God. Remember, man was created in innocence. Adam and Eve didn't have any sin. God told them, don't eat the fruit. If you eat it, you're going to sin. You're going to die. They ate the fruit. They died. Adam messed it up for everybody. Y'all know about that? Any basketball players in here? Y'all ever play basketball? Any of y'all? All right. Maybe y'all do this on the football field. When I coached basketball, I did this. We ran suicides. And, and, and we ran them for a while. Then I took a player out, off the line and said, come up here and shoot free throw. You make it, everybody's done. You miss it, everybody running. <laughs> Y'all know what happened when he missed? Everybody was mad at him. It's easy to get mad at somebody that missed. Then you get on the line, you miss. Now you want mercy. <laughs> Can I tell y'all something? Adam missed. And the whole world was plunged into sin because the first representative of the human race sinned and we were all born sinners. Mama don't have to teach you how to sin. She never said, now boy, I want you to roll your eyes at me when you get an attitude. I want you to hit your brother and sister. That's what sinners do. No, 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 no. She never had to tell you how to sin. She had to beat sin out of you. I don't know these boys, but I know all the black ones got beat. I know that. I know all of them. I know all of them. We don't have to know each other. We just all alike, all right? Every last one of them black boys over there like watermelon and fried chicken. I guarantee you. Every last one of them. They got beat by a black woman, a grandmama, an auntie, an older sister. Y'all, y'all had the nerve to bring a bunch of black folk up in here and drums? Black people and drums, we can't sit still. Did you, did you see those boys in the choir? There was no beat in the song. They were trying to make one. It wasn't there. It's just how it's just, it's, it's, it's in our genes. I'm saying Adam missed, and since Adam missed and the world was, world's been plunged into sin, man has been trying to get back to God unsuccessfully because religion is man's futile attempt to work his way to God, and a sinner man can't get to a holy God because he's never going to meet God's standard of perfection. So in the gospel, those questions are answered. You see God's law, the soul that sinned that shall die. You see God's love. God made a way so that man could be saved. And you see God's lifeline through Jesus Christ's life. All that man is a sinner can be brought back to God through Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, those questions are answered in the gospel. The gospel takes me to a courtroom and I'm done. And in the courtroom... There's a judge on the bench. In the courtroom, there's a prosecutor at the table. In the courtroom, there's an accused at his table. In this courtroom, the judge is God. In this courtroom, the prosecutor is the devil. In this courtroom, the accused is me. You. Put yourself there. And the accuser, the devil, is using God's own word to condemn me. He quotes verses out of the Bible that Pastor Winston just quoted. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. God came up with that law. Yes, Sin's penalty is death. The problem is I'm a sinner. And I cannot wash my sin off when I wash my dirt off. And the prosecutor is bringing that out in the courtroom in front of the judge who made the law. And I'm sitting there with, with no lawyer because I asked every lawyer in town to take my case. You know what the lawyer said? I can't take your case. I got my own case. Right. 
So I'm sitting at the table all by myself while the devil, the prosecutor, is railing lies against me and the judge is saying nothing. And after he rails all those lies and the judge says, says, says nothing and the guilty verdict is passed down, the devil walks over to me and slaps handcuffs on my hands and shackles on my feet and I begin to cry out, somebody help me, somebody help me, somebody get me out of these chains, somebody get me away from this liar, somebody, somebody free me from this, but nobody's listening, the judge is saying nothing and the, and the prosecutor, the devil is leading me away to the pit of hell and with every step I take, it seems like it gets hotter, with every move I make, it seems like the screams from hell are getting louder, but I have nobody to help me, I have no defense against my sin, I am a sinner, I am guilty, and I have nobody to deal with my sin. Judge, help me. Lawyer, help me. Devil, let me go. Somebody help me. Nobody's listening. I'm getting closer and closer to that pit, closer and closer to that fire, closer and closer to those screams. And it seems like nothing is going to happen. And then I look one more time at the back of the courtroom and in through the double doors walks a man in a white robe. And as soon as he walks through those doors, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't announce himself. He's not surrounded by bodyguards. And there's no jet out there on the tarmac that he flew in on he's not walking fast he's not puffing his own his own name but he's walking with a strut of royalty that says he's somebody he starts walking up the middle of that courtroom with a slow steady pace and he says to the devil who's got me in handcuffs and shackles excuse me I have something to say the devil ignores him as if that man in the white robe isn't even in the room and then the man repeats himself raising his volumes just slightly and says to the devil excuse me I have something to say the devil turns back at that man in the white robe and says huh just who do you think you are and the man in the white robe looks at the devil and said are you asking or do you really want to know I'm the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end I'm the first and the last the lily of the valley the bright and morning star I'm the fairest of 10,000 to his soul I'm wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father I'm the prince of peace I'm the lamb of glory I'm the lion of Judah I'm the way I'm the truth I'm the resurrection I'm the life I'm the amen I'm the faithful and true witness I'm Adonai I'm El Shaddai I'm Elohim I'm the rock of his salvation his only firm foundation I'm a faithful friend who will not change I'm the cornerstone who remains the same I'm Jesus I'm the son of God and I'm God the son I'm omnipotent all-powerful omniscient all-knowing I'm the present ever at the same time I'm immutable I can't change I'm eternal I was I am and I am to come I'm the rock of his salvation his only firm foundation I'm a faithful friend who will not change I'm the cornerstone who remains the same. I'm Jehovah Jireh, his provider. Jehovah Nisei, his banner. Jehovah Rahe, his shepherd. Jehovah Rapha, his healer. Jehovah Shalom, his peace. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who's present. I'm Jehovah Sitkabu, the Lord who is his righteousness. I'm the king of knowledge. I'm the wellspring of wisdom. I'm the doorway of deliverance. I'm the pathway of peace. I'm the head of the heroes. I'm the leader of the legislators. I'm the overseer of overcomers. I'm the prince of princes. I'm the governor of governors. I'm the king of kings. I'm the lord of lords. The heaven of heavens can't contain me, let alone a man explain me. You can't get me out your mind. You can't get me off your hands. You can't outlive me and you sure can't live without me. The Pharisees couldn't stop me. Pilate couldn't find a vault in me. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill me. Death couldn't handle me. And the grave could not hold me. And oh, 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 by the way, while I'm at it, I had no predecessor and I'll have no successor. There's been nobody before me and there'll be nobody after me. You can't impeach me and I ain't going to resign. I'm king of kings and I'm lord of lords. 
And then he walks up to the judge's bench and says, Judge, I didn't kill a ram. I didn't kill a lamb. I didn't kill a sheep. And I didn't purchase this blood. I shed my own blood for the sins of that handcuffed and shackled man. And he lays that blood right on the judge's bench. And the judge looks down at that devil and says, Unloose that man. Unbuckle them shackles. Unloose those handcuffs. I declare on the work of this white-robed man and on the authority of my own power that that man right there is justified and I'm here to tell you ladies and gentlemen that that story does not unfold on Lifetime, on Hallmark, on Steven Spielberg, on Disney on BET or anything else that story I just told you you can find it vividly and clear with your name on it in the gospel in the gospel nothing works like the gospel one preacher said one preacher said you know it's kind of amazing that you can take a brown cow and give him white milk uh, what do you say a, a brown cow let him eat green grass and he pumps out white milk that's a whole lot of colors that don't make sense can i give you something better than that god took your black soul dipped it in his red blood and brought it up white as snow amen what a mighty god he served now listen tonight the world's got us twisted. We, we're around here nervous because they're so smart and they're so talented, they're so gifted, and they're so they're so brilliant. And we got people that live on the same street with us, and we're scared to tell them about Jesus, but they're not scared to tell us who to vote for. And people walk in the barber shop and cuss like a sailor and blast their music, de 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 demeaning women. And people ride down the street and turn it up loud and clear with no embarrassment. And people print stuff all over their body that's, that's, that's defiling in nature with the words they use. And, and people promote lifestyles that are clearly opposing to scripture. And they have no shame about it. And here we got the best message in the world and we're scared. Somebody's got to join Paul. Somebody's got to join me. Somebody's got to join somebody that's got some sense tonight and say, no longer anymore. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Come on, let's give God some praise all over. The give God the praise. Now listen to me tonight. Some of you have never accepted Christ as your Savior. I'm not talking about growing up in a good home. I'm not talking about being in church. I'm not talking about trying to be moral. I'm talking about where you've actually had a time in your life where you accepted Christ as your Savior. Could I tell you, the time is tonight. Well, the preacher already told us, we don't have tomorrow guarantee. Whatever we do, we better do now. It doesn't help you if you don't believe it. Huh? But there's nobody in here. It can't help if you do. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Now I want to ask you some serious questions tonight. They're, they're serious. Hear me tonight. These are serious questions. And I want everybody to be honest. First question, how many of you can say, I am 100% for sure if I died tonight, I'd go to heaven. And you got to have Bible reasons to prove it. And you're not a bad person and you have nothing to be embarrassed about if you're not sure. These are identifying questions that all of us need to know. Am I 100% for sure if I died tonight, I'd go to heaven? If you know that for sure, put your hand up. 
I am 100% and I, I can prove it that I've done what the Bible said to be saved. There's only one way to go to heaven and it's not baptism, church membership, or being a good person or being born in a Christian home. Put your hands down. How many of you that just raised your hand, you said you're going to heaven and you know it for sure, would say I'm going to heaven and I know it for sure, but I'll admit to you tonight, un unfortunately and embarrassingly, I have at times been ashamed of the gospel. I've not been the best witness for God and I have no excuse. This thing is too good to be ashamed. God spoke to my heart tonight all over the tent. Would you put your hand up? Come on, Christians all over. Good gracious, alive. Yeah, I think we'd all have to admit it, right? Put your hands down. Now, last question, most important question I'll ask tonight. How many say preacher? I'm not 100% for sure if I died tonight, I'd go to heaven, but I'm 100% for sure I don't want to go to hell. Let me ask it again. I'm not 100% for sure if I died tonight, I'd go to heaven, but I'm 100% for sure I do not want to go to hell. Here's what I want you to do. If you raise your hand, I want you to look at me because when you look at me, I can tell you I saw your hand. Okay? I want you to just raise it up long enough to look at me and I'm going to start from the left to the right and I'll tell every single one of you. If you're not sure you're going to heaven, but you don't want to go to hell, just raise your hand and look at me. All right, put your hand up. I'm looking to my left, looking for any hands. I see it. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Now I'm looking. I'm looking. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah, buddy. Look at me. I see your hand. Put it down. God bless you. God bless you. Is there a hand I'm missing? I'm, I'm sorry. I can't see. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. I appreciate your honesty. Anybody else I'm missing? Yes. Thank you for being honest. Thank you. I'm not sure I'm going to heaven, but I'm sure I don't want to go to hell. And there's, yes, I see your hand. Thank you for being honest. Someone else, look at me. Yes, God bless you. Thank you for being honest. Thank you. You may put your hand down. I'm missing anybody over here, workers. You're helping me. You're helping me. You say, why are you going through this one by one? Because I want people to know that God loves them one by one. Yes. Listen, now I'm looking over here. Now look at, look at, look at, look at yeah, everyone. You're looking at me? I see it. Yep. Yep. Right on this front row. Yep. Each one of you. Yep. Orange. Yep. Yep. There and there. Yep. Everyone. Yep. You and you and you and you and you and you and you. Yep. And behind them. You and you and you and you. Yes. And you and you and you and you. I'm standing, standing, standing. Come on. Jesus cares about these people. Yes, he does. I don't need to know their name. Jesus knows how many hairs are on their head. Yes, and you, and you, and you. God bless you. Yes, fellas, God bless you. You, and you. Yes, you, and you. Yes, yes, fellas, and you, and you, and you, and you. Did I miss anybody? Did I miss anybody? Now, now listen, listen. Let's forget protocols. Good gracious, a lot. You tell me, so tell me who wrote the book on what to do at, at Pleasant Hill on Friday night, October 6th, during the invitation time. Nobody. So I'm just going to follow the Holy Ghost. Amen. I, I, want, I want every God-called preacher in the room tonight and preacher's wife to make yourself available to lead people to the Lord. Can, can we do that? In just a moment, I'm going to tell these folks where to go. And I want, these, I want every single one of you that can lead somebody to the Lord and the pastor can direct us to take every... Listen, now listen to me. Everybody, raise your hand over here. All of you, put your hand up. You're not sure you're saved. In just a moment, I'm going to ask the piano player to play. And I'm going to do... I'm just going to do... I'm just going to do something simple. I'm going to count to three. And I'm going to ask you when I count to three, if you put your hand up and said, I'm not 100% for sure if I died tonight, I'd go to heaven. I'm asking you to do, I'm asking you to do me a favor, but truth be told, you're doing more for you than you are for me. I'm asking you to let a Christian 
take a Bible and show you how you can know you are going to heaven when you leave this tent tonight if you never come back here again. Now, where in the world can you get this that I just told you except from here? So I'd like the pianist to, to come and I'm going to pray. Now, now, here's what I'm asking. I'm asking that every single one of you will get up from your seat and come up here. When, as soon as I pray and count to three, I can't make you. And I'm not mad at you. I just know this. I preach more funerals than I can count. And by the time they get in the casket, it's too late to do what I'm asking you to do now. Are you trying to scare us out? I'm not trying to scare you into heaven. But I tell you what, hell ought to scare you. And unless some of these people that I talked to changed their mind and didn't tell me, I know some people I preach to that are in hell tonight. And it's not because God didn't make a way. Because it helped us. But it didn't help them. Because them didn't believe. So in just a moment, I'm going to... Now, here's what I want every Christian to do. I want you to pray that every single person that put their hand up would leave their seat just a moment. Would you pray? Wouldn't this be something... The Bible says there's joy in the presence of the angels when one sinner repents. What if all them sinners got saved? Now, now I don't think it's right if they're partying in heaven when people get saved. We don't party down here when people get saved. Now, Father, I'm asking you to bless and move in every single heart. Please, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, listen, Christian, are you praying? Every single one of you that raised your hand said, I'm not sure I'm going to heaven, but I'm sure I don't want to go to hell. Listen, what I say? One, two, three three if you're serious right up here right up here just come on 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 you put your hand up let them get here let them get here come on every single one come on come on I'm so proud of you man I'm so proud of you oh bless you bless you man I'm so proud of you God bless you young lady come on come on come on don't be embarrassed come on now every one of you preachers let's help them let's take one of these or take a several of them and let's get them together and show them about the Lord. We got all kinds of space outside this tent to take two or three of them at a time and make sure every single one of them, every single one of them, hears the gospel message. Christian, now listen, here's what we can do. We can partner in prayer right now that every one of them gets saved. Come on, come on. Right now, bow your head. There's some, there's some, mama's, ch some mama's children up here that are meeting Jesus. This is serious. Man, fellas, I'm so proud of you. Oh, praise the Lord. We got some ladies too, young ladies up here that we're going to help. Yes, God bless you. She, she, she coming to help them out. She come, she's a distributor. <laughs> Amen. Amen. There's two ladies here. We can help them. Bless you. Bless you. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Hey, hey, folks. Are you saved tonight? You want something to encourage you? Pull your cell phone out. All this junk that comes on the on the on the news that's bad news. Why don't you take a picture of people on an altar tonight accepting Christ as Savior? When the devil comes along and tempts you, tells you God's dead, look at these pictures and remind yourself. Because this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about.
hey, listen, we don't want to rush them through anything. This, we're, not, we're not up here trying to get some little Cracker Jack confession so we can post it on the internet. That's not what this is all about. It's somebody's soul hanging in the back. Somebody's soul. Listen, there are some schools you're just not going to be able to get into. Some jobs you're just not going to be able to get. But there's not a sinner tonight that will ask Jesus to save him who will get turned down. Let's not get in a hurry, right? He said, I tell you, we've been under this tent for a while. Listen, I got seven hours to drive home tomorrow. I guarantee you, the more people get saved, the more energy I'm going to have today. And I hope we'll get, we'll get some information on all of these folks. Because we want to follow up with any person that gets saved so that we can get them in our church. Get a Bible. And, folks, this is, this is serious. This is why we're still alive. Do we have any, any cards out here or... Do we have any any invitation cards? If not, we, we've got cell phones and we just need to help these we need to help these guys get in a good church. Thank God. These thank God these fellas play on a team with a Christian coach. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. The coach, his wife, daughter, they're all here tonight. Who does this except they love Jesus? Boy, the devil don't have everybody. We give him too much credit. I wish you could hear what I hear. I'm talking about people calling out to heaven. I hope, I hope we didn't stop the, the, the Facebook feed. Folks need to see to see what's going on. Sometimes I preach at churches. They said, soon as soon as the invitation happened, it, it went off. I said, you missed the best part. He said, well, 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 we don't want to put this stuff on the internet. Everything else is on there. People naked all over the internet. What's wrong with seeing people get saved on the internet? Oh, God help us. Yeah, I like this. Getting the information, exchanging information. That's a good way. How I many you know you keep it long if you put it in your phone and when you put it on the paper? The paper ain't no good as soon as you wash the clothes. Look at here, look at here. Sure, sure. Whatever we can do. Yes, get these names. Thank God they can be discipled and follow up with their leaders. What a blessing. Now listen. Aren't you glad people getting saved? Now listen. Look at me. All, all you show enough Christian folk. 
because let's not forget a few moments ago a whole bunch of us put our hands up you know what we said we've been ashamed so so here we go I'm gonna count to three from the back to the front from the left to the right for every believer that's physically able and sense the Holy Spirit to come to this altar and say Lord I need to be a better older witness of the gospel I'm sorry for being ashamed I need to be a better witness I'm not going to twist your arm one, two, and three now let's, let's talk to the Lord about it and ask the Lord God help, help me reach my neighborhood help me reach my cousins and aunties and social media friends my generation, my classmates, my teammates, my co-workers. Oh, God help us. And you're just going to have to come as far as you can. And then once you get as far as you can, that's where your altar is. You can kneel right there or stand if it's easier for you. You do whatever's physically. God's, God's listening to you either way. God help us. God help us. My, my, my. My, my, my. shake up your community let's get back to being gospel centered I wonder if God were to reveal the statistics of how much of our conversation is about the gospel every week how disgraceful it would be we talk about sports politics food football guns fishing hunting other people I like what the songwriter said. Let's talk about Jesus. Wow. Look at there. What a blessing. We'll get him. I get him up here. Just yes, indeed. Pastor, whenever I need to speak, get out. You, the pastor. I believe in pastoral authority. I mean that. I'm not in charge of anything. You set me down whenever you want to. Yes. In just a moment, we're going to recognize all these folk you say. Yes. get back to your seat as soon as you can now don't try to hurdle somebody on the altar you ain't good at some of these football players you liable to break your neck just be patient bless you bless you love you 
Yeah. Now, how many, how many of you want to see all those folks? God said, listen, if you're in the building tonight, you trusted Christ as Savior. Look, the pastor in the church has a Bible for you, and everybody wants to recognize you. So all of y'all that got prayed that went out there and accepted Christ as your Savior, come up here. Come on. Every single one of you that went out there and prayed. Come on. Come on. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Stay here just a moment. We want, it, we want all of y'all to be up here together so they can see you. Yeah, come on. Come on. Wait just a minute. Hold on. Yeah, come on. Come on. Let's make some noise for Jesus. Tonight. My, my, my. Now listen. Listen what the Bible said. Paul said, I have planted. Somebody else watered. But God gave the increase. Now, now watch this now. Here's a man right here. Every day been planting the seed in the hearts of these young people. This coach right here. God has used him. Give God the glory for that. What a blessing. What a blessing. Some of you fellas think they're going to play football. Ten years from now, they might be up here. Who can predict God? Just do whatever God wants you to do. Whatever you're going to do in life, you got saved tonight, whatever you're going to do in life, you just got better at it. Young ladies, young man, we can't leave the young ladies out here. Yeah, young ladies, bless your heart. Boy, isn't this a good Friday night? Can, can, can we... Can, Everybody. Now, if we run out, we just have to make up with it. All right. So we go. We can get rid of all of all. Of you get a Bible. Get a Bible. That's the best book you can have. Take look at it. Isn't this good? They're getting a Bible. Glory to God. Do Do we know how many people are up here? Is anybody looking? You count it. Somebody, he said 40. We're going with his number. We're Baptists. We take the higher number. Hey, listen, this whole meeting would have been worth it for one. Now, if there's joy in the presence over one, don't you think we could probably make a little more and more noise over 38 or 40? What a blessing. Thank you for letting me come. Not me with all my heart. I'm going to go down there because I want to shake every one of their hands. So I let the pastor talk. Y'all tired of hearing me talk anyway. So I love you. Thank you for letting me be here. God bless you.